Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Mind. Today I'm so excited to introduce you all to my next guest. She's the owner of Halal Girl About Town, the owner of Modest Mama and one of my really close friends. So hi Lila. Hello. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I know we have a really short time span where your baby is sleeping that we get to record this podcast. It's only like half an hour. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you on here. Yeah, I know. Thank you for inviting me. I feel so special and lucky to be on this amazing podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you today because we're going to be talking around the Indian expectation on miscarriage and the taboo and stigma around still speaking about it. So for everyone who is listening to this and watching this who doesn't know what a miscarriage is, a miscarriage is a loss of pregnancy up to 23 weeks. And miscarriages happen in one in four pregnancies. So it's probably happened to someone that you know or even someone within your family. So it's a really important topic for us to discuss today. So Lila, can you tell us a little bit, little bit about your experience and what kind of happened when you found out about the loss of the baby? So I basically had an ectopic pregnancy and that is basically when the fertilized egg happens to implant onto the tube, so your fallopian tube, as opposed to in the um, that ends up growing and in essence the pregnancy is not viable as it's dangerous for the mum. So I actually didn't know I was pregnant, I you know carried on my, I, I was just doing my regular going to the gym and I did take a pregnancy test and it turned out to be negative. So I thought, cool, just carry on. Um, I then got my period and I was like, okay, my period's late, but it's here. Then my period stopped after three days and the following weekend, my period started again and it was heavy for seven days. And I remember thinking, okay, this is my actual period. I'm mean, looking back, it's pretty silly of me to think that, but that was that what was going through my mind at the time and then the following week the following week later I got my period again for the third time and I remember thinking huh this is just weird but I guess it's normal and it was only I spoke to my mum who was like you should go to the GP right now because you shouldn't be getting a period three times in a row um go get checked out so I went to the GP who berated me for not doing a pregnancy test 
okay, like I did one at the beginning of the month, but anyways, and from there on, it's that, like the next day I went to the hospital, no, sorry, um, so I did a pregnancy test and it turned out it was positive, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, and I remember I told a boss and I was really excited, so despite me bleeding, despite, you know, some pain there, I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually pregnant, and oh, wow, this is, you know, bleeding is kind of normal in pregnancy, so, you know, this is fine. And it was only until the next day when I realised, okay, this is not normal. Um, so I went to the hospital and, you know, they gave me a scan. They realised, oh, your tube had burst and there was no way they could save the pregnancy and there's no way they could save the tube either. So I ended up having to have a surgery in order to remove the tube and remove the internal bleeding that had basically pulled up. Obviously, it was a traumatic experience. Um, but what kind of stood out to me was... I had this whole procedure, everything, and I think I was so, I don't know, maybe it's overwhelmed. Like I remember the doctor me, making me sign forms, what do you want to do with the fetus? You know, um, do you want us to get rid of it? Do you want to take it home? And I was like, well, this is too much for me. Uh, so anyways, after that, I went home to stay with my mum. And it was only then that it kind of, dawned on me exactly what had happened and uh, you know I was like wow I'd lost a pregnancy I'd lost a child and um, you know my sister was pregnant at the same time as me we would have been due at the same time it was just all rushing back to me and it was really weird because I had a lot of relatives come visit me after this happened and so many cousins and so many friends started then coming out with their own stories of, oh, we had a miscarriage, and this is how we coped, and, you know, we had a miscarriage, we've had three miscarriages, and I was like, whoa, like, I had no idea any of this had happened, uh, you know, I was, like, taken aback at the fact that they had been quiet, and they'd been silent yeah. about it for the last God knows how many years, and I'm not talking about young cousins, these are, like, older aunties as well, so I feel like people were coming out and talking about their stories, and the experiences and for me it was really great for my mental health to know that I wasn't alone mm -hmm. in the whole thing however it also made me feel isolated at the same time because everyone talks about it for that time and then they, they're quiet they go back to saying nothing about the issue they don't ask you how you are like three months down the line after it's happened and that's it back to normal life yeah. And if any, now that I started this website, I started Modest Mama, I've been like, okay, like, I want people to share their stories, you know? I want people to not feel isolated like I did. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's so important, right? It's like when you go through something so traumatic and so hard. And, you know, I remember for you, it was your first baby, right? So I think when you're looking forward to that experience it's one of the most heartbreaking things for it to just be taken away from you. And often you feel that nobody else has gone through it or is going through it. But the, the fact that it's so common that it happens in one of four women and that you said that when you were getting your cousins and relatives and friends around that were talking about it, why do you think it's still such a taboo in the Indian, in the Indian culture and generally gen in the Western world as well? So, yeah, like you said, I think it's not even just in the Indian culture. It's very a general taboo subject. And, you know, I've kind of thought about why this is the case. And, like, there are, there are quite a few reasons. I mean, number one, like, even 
even when you get pregnant, you have to wait those 12 weeks in order to tell people or announce that you're pregnant. Um, you've also got the whole aspect of grief and loss is a very awkward subject, would you say? It's not, yeah. you don't want to talk about it to other people because you don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, I think back in the day with even like our parents or their parents' generation, when something like this would happen, they were just expected to come home and just get back onto the housework, get back onto looking after their children. Yeah. And it's amazing because, you know, people like my own mother, she had an experience, uh, she had a miscarriage at six months. And that's a, wow. that's a big, like, that's, a, that's very well into her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she came home from the hospital and that was it. She got back to doing the housework doing the cooking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the old generation were a very awkward generation in their sense of they don't want to talk about things like this. Exactly. They just want to just brush it under the rug, everything will be fine. 100%. Also, I think as dated as it seems, when a miscarriage happens, the parents, people look to the parents as if there's something wrong with them, mm -hmm. especially the mother. You know, people are like, hmm, there's something wrong with her or she did something wrong. So it's just generally like it's really dated, dated thinking and it really needs to change. I completely agree. And I think there's so many things you mentioned there, right? First one was it's just as hard to lose a baby at three weeks than it is to at six months. And we shouldn't start, we shouldn't judge people for showing the same emotion at that time or, you know, say, oh, it's not as it's not as important or you didn't go through the same thing because it's it's completely is the same yeah. feeling. The second thing you said was, you know, in the Indian culture, you just brush everything under the carpet and there's several women in my family who have gone through miscarriage and baby loss and when I speak to them about it they're just like yeah we just had to get back to work you know we just didn't talk about it because I think in this generation we talk about our feelings we talk about what upsets us we talk about how we can actually learn from it and grow from it and what we need to do to heal ourselves but in our parents generation it was always about like what can I do for other people women when they talk about their own feelings and things that they need are seen to be as selfish and so they just weren't given a voice to even share their grief or their pain through going through baby loss and I think that's something that has changed but it's still such a taboo because like you said the third point people often blame the mother right and it's within our culture that people still blame the mother and I'll give you an example when you have um, like a baby shower in the Indian culture you have this ceremony where someone, a woman in the family has to pass over something to the mum that's going to be giving birth, right? And if you've had a miscarriage, you are unable to perform in that. Now, my dad was really annoyed about this because he was like, what's the meaning behind this, right? Like, why are we forbidding women who have gone through a miscarriage through no fault of their own to treat them as bad luck? Because if they've had a miscarriage and they pass something to you in this baby shower or whatever the religious ceremony is, you are then seen as like, tainted or you're then seen as like a bad luck and so you, women are scared to share that they've been through a miscarriage because then they're then portrayed to be someone who is bad luck and going to cause that on somebody else which is completely ridiculous but it's within our culture that we still look at women that have that have had a miscarriage as someone who can't perform something in a religious ceremony i think that's like a really isolating experience for the women as well because it's kind of basically saying you are seen as something you're, you're seen as something of bad luck and yes. you're not basically wanted at the baby shower um and it kind of pushes your grief yeah away as if it's nothing and it makes you feel like wow like 
I'm all alone in this and no one else, you know, is experiencing any of this. And it's almost like, like you said, people often blame the mother, right? So it's small comments and we'll come on to things like that because I remember you sharing things like that with me. But it's more that you've been through this awful experience, something that's traumatizing for a mother to lose a child that's been within her. And then you're then seen to be bad luck forever and you can't carry it out in this religious ceremony. And I think that's something that we really need to change when we're having these religious ceremonies. You have to understand why we have these traditions and break them down. So if a woman has been through a miscarriage, it does not mean that she is bad luck because she touches something that's going to be passed on to the new mother. You would allow a new, you would allow your baby in there, a woman who had had a miscarriage. So why in these ceremonies are we isolating women and actually asking them, have you been through baby loss? Have you lost a baby? If you have, step away. If something bad has happened in your family, step away. It's like a very negative way of addressing the issue. And also, like you said, closing down people from talking about it. From your experience, from people who are sharing um, their stories on your website and with you, are there any actual causes of miscarriage that people have identified? I mean, to be honest, I don't think that's like a, a fine people are asking oh why what happened mm. what happened? it's just not important basically in the early miscarriages it's never they're never going to investigate what the problem is what the cause is it could be anything for most of the time it's just nothing related to the mum yeah or the child it just happens and i feel like um you know like the even even for even in early miscarriages the only time they'll really investigate is if it's happened three four times because then there's something wrong like you said earlier one in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage and it's just there's there's literally no reason like there's no reason for anyone else to also question why it makes the mother feel bad as well you know it makes both the parents feel bad like oh were we to blame they're already blaming themselves you know there's no reason to add to that yeah and the reason i asked that is i know that was a common question people would ask you right or try and probe you to tell them things that you've been doing so that it didn't happen to them what are some of the things not to say to somebody who's experienced baby loss okay so i can like write a whole book on this subject because <laughs> i think i've heard every quote when i had my own experience i was like wow okay some of the things people are coming out with but i, I just want to start off by saying unless you've had a miscarriage yourself you won't really know what to say and it's not your fault it's no one's it's not your fault like you think you're saying things for the best of that person or the best for that person but in reality that person takes it in a way that is upsetting to them so i can give a, a few i can give a handful of things not to say so first and foremost is what we were just talking about with regards to the cause of a miscarriage and it would be you know don't say things like oh, you, it must have been all the exercising or all the, you know, exercising, working, stressing that you were doing. Because like I said, there is no cause for this miscarriage to happen. You're just adding guilt to the parents who already feel bad, ready. You know, um, that was one of the things I heard. Another one was, oh, you can start trying again because you're the most fertile right now. Mind you, this is like, you know, between six weeks after the loss happened and I had like older people coming up to me to say, but you could start trying again. And it's like, well, that person perhaps has been through such a traumatic experience 
they don't want to try again. Um, another thing would be at least you can get pregnant or at least you have a child already. So just a heads up, any sentence starting with at least is always a bad idea and never ever say that to someone who's gone through a loss. Any sentence like begins with at least is just not helpful. It's going to lead to nowhere. Um, you know, yes, I have a child already, but I'm grieving this child, this new this child that could have been, you know, and at least you can get pregnant with that. It's like, yeah, maybe I got pregnant this time, but who knows? Maybe I won't be able to get pregnant again or something will happen. Or maybe I just don't want to be pregnant because I'm so scarred from the first time. So it's just all these small things. What I can say is that there are some things you can say to both the parents, because remember, it's not just the mum, it's the dad as well. Simple things like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, I hope you're okay. Small things, small things like dropping food off to them or sending flowers or even sending a card just to say how sorry you are. You know, like after you have a pregnancy loss, depending on how far along it was or how much damage it's done to your body, you can go through, a, you need to go through surgery, you have to take a pill, you'll be, it's just a lot to take. Um, so, you know, small gestures like food, food in the doorstep right now because of COVID. Um, and also, finally, I would say just keep checking in on them, you know, just because they had a miscarriage, what, my miscarriage happened, what, two, three years ago, but it would be really nice if someone checked in now to be like, hey, how are you doing? And that just goes for any woman who has experienced a miscarriage, three, six weeks later, everyone's forgotten about them. Everyone thinks, yeah, they're fine, they'll just brush it under the rug, it's cool. But no, really, that's the time when they want people to check in on them to see if they're okay. They want to talk to someone about it. Don't get me wrong, this is not applicable to all women. Some women, you know, deal with the grief differently. Uh, they carry on like everything's fine. Some women just take it really badly. And there's actually studies that have shown that it's almost equivalent to post-traumatic stress disorder for some women. Wow. So it's just really important to just keep checking in on them. And also communicate with your friends or family or anyone who's been through it as how they would like to communicate, right? So like you said, people have different ways and styles of communication. Some people want to talk about it and some people don't. And the other thing that you said, which I think is really important that I don't think people are aware of and something that I've actually missed is checking in on the dad and asking the father how they're feeling as well. Because I think people just forget that it's two people in this situation, not just one. Um, yeah, like I, re I remember as my own experience, you know, Bas was running like between the two hospitals. It was a long story, but anyways, he was doing all the running around, all the admin work behind getting me sorted out. Um, and I don't remember anyone checking in on him just to see if he's okay. And for him, it's a loss, like, of a child, just as much as it is for me. Yes, fine, I'm carrying the child, but for the dad, it's just as important. And I feel like they're forgotten about. And it's, I think it's just really important to check in on them too. Would you, you know, talking about it a few years later, do you still think about that baby? And would you talk about it to your other kids about, you know, I had a baby before you? Would you share that? Um, yeah, I actually think I would because I feel it's important for him to understand that this is normal. This happens so me and 
I would share it with him in the hopes that when he's older, he will be understanding as well. Like he will, you know, he will understand if God forbid it happened to his own wife or if it happened to someone he knows or his sister or whoever. Um, I would definitely, yeah, I, I don't think there's any shame in sharing with him at all. Yeah, I think that's so powerful and really important as well. What's something you'd like to share as a piece of advice for someone who's just experienced baby loss at the moment? Um, I think if you are experiencing a pregnancy loss, like it's, I'm very, very sorry to hear that. And it is a really traumatic experience or it can be a really traumatic experience. I think that if you are going through a pregnancy loss or you have been through one recently or even in the last few years, um, I do recommend getting in touch with you know, there's a lot of support groups out there, like women's support groups for miscarriages, especially. I actually found it useful to speak through. Um, I actually found it useful to speak to a therapist about this all. I think it just helped me to process the whole thing. Um, I also like you know, if any friends or family are, you know, if any friends or family are offering to help, just do take that help because it's really important that you take it's really important for you to deal with the grief or deal with the loss that you've just experienced. That's really insightful and I think that's great advice for people who are going through that at the moment and I know you have your My Modest Mama page um, which shares a lot of these stories which can be quite helpful for someone going through that experience especially if they're feeling isolated and they don't have anyone to talk to. So if you are going through that and you do need a bit of support do go to Lila's page it's mymodestmama.com and I really think you'll find some things on there that will help you. But before we close, um, what's the one thing you'd like to change around the Indian expectation on baby loss and miscarriage? I think it's just time to normalise it, you know. Uh, I think it's time to look at it as there's nothing wrong with having a baby loss. There's nothing wrong with someone else experiencing a baby loss. I think it's more we need to start talking about it, you know, friends and my family it needs to be just generally spoken about as i mentioned earlier the 12 week rule of not saying anything to anyone can be quite damaging um so the best thing to do is to us as a community just start talking start normalizing the whole thing there's nothing wrong with having a miscarriage it's not the greatest thing but it's so common that nothing wrong with it definitely and having a community of people who are speaking about it and sharing their experience can sometimes be really supportive and help you go through something like that and also just to find a way to check in with your friends and family I think that's such a great point that you said and I'm going to be really conscious about that going forward so thank you for coming on and talking about this topic I know it's really hard and can often bring up a few feelings and emotions that relate back to that time so thank you for coming on here and talking to me no worries thank you for having me um i just wanted to end by saying yes like shivani said i do have a website mymodestmama.com it has plenty of information out there with regards to miscarriages but even more positive topics like you know pregnancy nutrition stuff like that so don't be afraid to get in touch with me via the website um you know it's an open platform for everyone yeah i love your website i think it's really informative and helpful so everyone check it out and um lie i will see you soon thank you so much for coming on